All right, before we start today's episode, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to the patrons over there on Patreon. Uh, We have three at the uh, VIP all-inclusive level, and those ones... Uh, they're the ones helping keep this thing uh, turning and burning. So we wanted to give a quick shout out to Eric Sari, Andy Herbrand, and Lauren L. Thank you so much. Eric, cue up that music. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin. History, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. This is your weekly dose of the Dairy State, and uh, honestly, we're just we're just happy to still be around. <laughs> yeah, like, we're still kicking right now. <laughs> we're still doing this shit. Um, so. I am uh, one of your hosts, of course, uh, Eric, and I'm Russ. And uh, uh, you know, before we get you know to jump right into the main segment today, uh, we did just want to at least. Uh, uh, let you know that uh, all your reviews and all your likes and, and your rates and all that stuff have really, really helped. Uh, we've been really enjoying uh, receiving uh, the, the different private messages and emails from you suggesting different bands and, and uh, different articles as well. So um, keep doing what you're doing. The next thing that uh, that you could possibly do, word of mouth. Get it, get it uh, into the hands For of friends sure. and family. So. Um, today we have a really, really cool episode for you. Um, we're talking about uh, a record company that used to exist in our state. Uh, this is uh, Port Washington's record company, Paramount Records. Uh, really, really cool history on this. Uh, we're also going to be featuring great Wisconsin music from Devin Huckstep. We have another brew review, of course. And, of course, how many locos you at. And... Uh, we also have a really cool interview with Three Sheeps Brewing. I've been anticipating this for a long time. I love yeah. Three Sheeps, to be honest with you. Fresh Coast, holy smoke. Absolutely. One of the one of the just go-to beers that's, I mean, it can never fail you. Right. I, agree I love the that. can, that blue. It's just beautiful. Uh, so why don't we just go ahead and jump right in. Uh, as we say most times, uh, go ahead and visit our website, wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. Uh, you can get the complete scope of what we offer. So let's go ahead and jump in. Paramount Records. Yeah, so Paramount Records. Uh, this was a hidden gem, actually, that I found. And uh, I, I, did, I found just one article, just one brief article. And so I had to dig in, like I usually do. I had to really research this thing. And as music lovers, and specifically old-timey music, I love old blues music, it was cool to find out about Paramount Records from Port Washington, Wisconsin, and and it was just awesome. So Paramount Records was founded in 1917 by the United Phonographs, which was a subsidiary of the Wisconsin Chair Company, along with another record label called Puritan, which did not last and was shut down in 1927. However, Paramount would continue. You may be asking yourself, Wisconsin Chair Company, recording music? What the heck? 
but the company was more for, more for furnishings, including phonographs, as well as furniture and chairs, right? Yeah. So this was like a normal fixture of the home, so they did sell phonographs. And this line of phonographs did not last long and failed commercially due to all the brands out there at the time, including the large company, which was the Edison brand, which right. is the crank. You, we all know the Edison. Everybody, yeah, you've seen... Uh, you, isn't that on the RCA records like for it the is, longest time? Yeah, a lot of times are you going to see the Edison name? And yeah. originally, due to the low budget in the studio, the original recordings were lower than average quality. They were coded in shellac, which was also just above average quality, right? I mean, these are like you're spreading it on there and you're recording your yeah. music right onto that, like the vibrational. Yep. And uh, it became not very profitable. And in beginning around the 1920s, to make up for some of the losses, they pressed average quality albums for other labels just to pay for the bills, right? So they had like these bigger labels come to them to make them help and print just to have like a lower end, cheaper right. record out there. So I can't buy the top notch one at the time, but hey, I can get this one for Paramount for a little bit cheaper. Right, exactly. Yep. And what made them really take off was pairing up with Black Swan and pressing albums for them and eventually buying the Black Swan label. Uh, things about these companies is that they would feature African-American artists and so-called race records, though lucrative business at the time, would ultimately become the label's success. And a small side story is uh, me growing up, I, I loved my grandma. She was one of my, my huge influences on me, June. Uh, she grew up in this time period. And uh, she actually listened to like Nat King Cole in these race records. And right, she, right. Which was like rebellious at the time. And... Um, it was like, you know, in the 60s when our, our parents listened to the Beatles, you know, it's just they viewed them as rebellious and different from right. the average. And the it was seen as like the devil's music. You know, why would you listen to that? It's rock and roll and it's garbage, you know, but this is an even bigger story, though, that I'm I'm super proud to have as part of our state where, uh, you know, some of these uh, other recording companies wouldn't allow African-American artists uh, you know, to even press a record or to record. Uh, whereas, hey, you know what? We're going to find some of the best musicians despite color and, and, and disregard all of that. Their talent is top notch, and we're gonna we're gonna be the exclusive you know recording company for them. I mean, as someone who loves time. you know blues and you know Delta blues music, it, it's crazy that they call them race records. It's really it's just fucking dope ass blues. Right? Yeah. It's just dope ass music. It was right. good for I the think time. It, I think at the time, you know, that was that was an okay uh, uh, terminology to use and, and a phrase to use. It was normal. It, well, of course. I mean, the the time, you know, it, the segregation and all this other stuff that's happening um you know it, it fit now you and i just sit here and think and, and and maybe that's why you know things are the way they are but you know you and i we just really enjoy the music and and think hey man wasn't it awesome that uh during this time uh, artists were moving from the south uh, Louisiana area and stuff like that, uh, and and traveling to Chicago, which had this big, booming blues and jazz scene, uh, which you know really helped influence uh, a lot of individuals, a lot. And things are just you know completely politically incorrect at this time. I mean, if you ever want to dig into a really messed up history, look up the look up the sh uh, candy brand Sugar Babies and see what they oh, used to yeah. be called. Oh my goodness! I know. Holy smokes! Things were different, right? Yuck. And so you know the good thing about these musics, they inspired a lot of our heroes, like the Delta Blues and the Blues inspired heroes of ours, like Rolling Stones, Eric Clapton, and the Beatles, just to name a few, right? Yep. I mean, these guys always worship and talk about these blues. Hundred percent. 
And it is estimated that a quarter of all the race records between 1922 and 1932 were all being put out by the Port Washington studio right here yeah. in our state. And one breakout artist would be a vaudeville, a vaudeville blues song in 1922 by Lucille Hegeman and Alberta Hunter. This put them on the map and really drove them to become top of the industry at the time for race records. And the Paramount was also one of the first companies to start mail order in 1922, which helped them distribute the music far and wide and was featured in major catalogs of the time, including Sears and Roebuck, yeah, which was huge was, at this uh, time in the 30s, 20s. I mean, that's massive, right? What did we discover that they Sears and Roebuck used to be called? <laughs> rears and Sorebucks? Yeah, Rears and Sorebucks. <laughs> so... Um. And we really owe a majority of the company's success to black entrepreneur uh, J. Mayo Williams, also known as Inc. Williams. And he did not have an official job with Paramount. However, he was one of the main supporters that would go around state and find talent to come and record at the studio. Recruiter. Yeah, he's basically a music somebody, recruiter. Somebody has to do it. You've got to go to these small clubs and cafes where it's happening, where the artists are out there just grinding doing what they love exactly. and then you have this recruiter go out there in order to uh, uh discover that fresh talent get them into the recording studio so that way you can you know eventually become you know lucrative off of their fruits you know right and you need to have that person willing to go out there and just have that enthusiasm to yeah. get people to come in into your studio right at this time yeah and there were always ongoing issues with some of the quality of the pressage, which which did cause some artists like Blind Lemon Jefferson, who ended up re-recording Got the Blues and Long Lonesome Blues at a much more superior facility. Inc. Williams, who was the major finder of talent, also thought that the quality would soon move from Paramount to OK. And uh, this took a, a ton of major artists along with him, becoming one of the devastating blows to the company in 1926. William placed responsibility to his then-secretary, Aletha Dickerson, who was completely blindsided by her leaving of her boss, right? She just, he was like the main guy there. And he's like, I'm right. out because your quality sucks. Fuck. Yeah. And the company That's was moved tough. to Grafton, Wisconsin from Port Washington where his final days would come to be. It was 1931 when Aletha fell on hardship herself with the label as her wages were being cut and managers were just not treating her right. And the final blow to the company, as many of these recording labels, was the Great Depression, which would hit the entire U.S. With all of these blows... They stopped recording completely in 1932 and in 1935 would shut its doors. To make money, they would scrap all the metal from the master recordings to make back some of its money. Some of the recordings were said to have been tossed into the Milwaukee River by disgruntled employees to keep company from making money. And you know what? There was even a show on PBS in 2006 called History's Detectives where divers actually went down to look for some of these old recordings and pressings, which is pretty impressive, right? Yeah. And uh, they didn't actually find anything. However, in 1948, you know, the label would start up again, thanks to John Steiner, who would offer up some reissues of the recordings, and it would eventually also release these recordings on newly found Riverside Jazz label in 1952. And what I find sad is, like, all these steel presses will never, ever be replicated or duplicated again. You can never hear these songs again. Yeah. And uh, I'm hoping someday, you know, maybe some of the divers will be able to dig up some of these pressings and at least digitally have them. And hope that maybe them. the lake preserved some, you know, something. And it's crazy. There's so many. It's just a sad story. And to be honest, you know, there's you're not going to hear this stuff again. And the good thing is, one good thing on top of this, though, is one of one of the last note I want to say is uh, White Stripes Jack White did find some of these recordings, right? And he remastered them and yeah. re-released them, which is awesome. It's he early blues own, in the U.S. He has his own record store uh, that you can actually physically go visit. Uh, and I believe it's in Nashville. I could be wrong. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jack White is absolutely one of those um, 
historians of music. He just, he loves it and he's doing his best to preserve it. He actually will press all these old records like you're talking about, the ones that they have, you know, rediscovered or just old ones that uh, that haven't been talked about or, or listened to in forever. And he sells them at his at his shop as well. And just think, you know, all this stuff came right in our backyard in Port Washington, Wisconsin. Yeah. And if you're a record collector or like a record nerd, if you have any Paramount records, send us a picture. We'd love to see them. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's so rare to find Especially them. Especially dating back to the 30s uh, and 20s. That would be awesome. It'd be just cool to see the record itself. Yeah. You know, or even if you could send us a play, we'd love to hear it, you know. Yeah. But uh, again, that was our main segment on the Paramount Records, kind of a more yeah. obscure record company in well, Wisconsin. And, and what I wanted to say, too, is, uh, you know, just as a sort of like a related side note and i know we'll probably do an episode on this uh down the line but um you know uh, wisconsin has had its hand in recording music for a long time and uh back in the in the 80s and 90s and maybe even a little later than that uh a, per, a person by the name of butch vig oh yeah um, of course had a, a studio in madison called smart studio and uh the original uh recordings of Nirvana's Nevermind were uh, recorded right there in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, which was crazy, right? Uh, to to think of uh, an iconic album such as Nevermind uh, to be started, and and you can still hear some of the the what they're now calling like demo sessions uh, before they actually moved to record that uh, elsewhere. Uh, and I think Nevermind was actually recorded uh, in California at uh, uh, Sound City. But uh, yeah, like I said, we'll probably do an episode all about Butch Vig and Smart Studios itself. Of but course, the the recording industry in Wisconsin is uh, is no new thing. All right, so our music segment today, we are featuring a uh, an artist by the name of Devin Huckstep, uh, originally from uh, the village of Heartland, Wisconsin. Got started in music really young. I think like yeah, nine years old. Um, uh, multi-instrumentalist, uh, really, really good uh, vocalist. I mean, gosh, you're going to notice right off the bat on this track, a lot of good influences uh, that you can tell, uh, probably definitely in that blues-jazz range. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, indie, blues. Yep, and he look. puts that indie rock flair, like you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then his vocal uh, talent, his vocal abilities are just... Uh, top notch. I mean, fuck. Neither one of us can sing worth a shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, this this guy just blows us out of the the water. Yeah, and we're we're proud to present it. It's, yeah. It's, again, this is a Devin Huckstep the Go Sailor. Night before you scream out to no one 
If you know it's your worth, it's better than nothing. Through passion or pain, through having or hurt, you gotta do something. You gotta start somewhere. Would you take me there with you? Even though I'll never know what you've been through. Who you fought hands bare, who you ripped and torn, but you don't do that anymore. You don't do that. All right, that again was Devin Huckstep. Holy cow, uh, absolutely good. amazing artist. Uh, the song was Ghost Sailor. Uh, I know that that was uh, a newer EP that he put out, little four track, uh, and that was back in 2020. Uh, go check it out. Um, he has a, a website with all that stuff on it as well. You know, you know what's crazy? I could hear that on 1021. Like, that's something that, oh, like they recently sure. playing. Like, it sounds great. It has like that blues indie. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Yeah. It's cool. It's in our own state, right? I'm yeah, and and again, I mean, just uh, a musician to to kind of start playing and and uh, kind of get started at that early age and continue to run with it and be as talented it uh, as he is. 
I, yeah, I mean, that is just an absolute cool story. Um, I, yeah, I mean, definitely check this check this guy's catalog out because I think you're going to be blown away, as we were by uh, uh, Ghost Sailor, uh, which was kind of like that first jam that we heard. So uh, now we have a wonderful beverage review for you. Uh, this one is Rock County Brewing Company. And uh, it's the Keller Pills. Russ, why don't you tell us a yeah, little more so about this guy? I stopped on my way home. So if you're from Penn to Rock County, it's downtown Janesville. Uh, you can't miss it. It's right on the main street there. 5.5% uh, ABV. We're drinking the Keller Pills today. Um, it's a German-style Pilsner. Um, it's super good. Has, like, some American hops featured in it. And you're getting, I mean, I'm getting a little bit of uh, a peppery taste, I think. Yeah, Is the, that what you're getting a little bit? Yeah, the uh, American hops uh, that are used are Atanum. In Triple Pearl, uh, the Atanum definitely has more of that kind of peppery vibe to it. So. You're getting a little bit of a fruity back finish, though. At least I am. Yeah. Um, florally, florally fl fruity. It's great. Yeah, a little Honestly. bit of lime honeydew-ish. It's crazy. Maybe, like melony, yeah. I guess, is what I would say. Who's melony? Melony. Hey, hey, melony. Oh, hey. <laughs> so, but this one's really good. You know, it's it's great because it reminds me of that domestic. Because, right, you got the pills, yeah. you know, you got the pills malt in there. So you're getting a little bit of that Pilsner. It's good. It could be one of those ones you could put on a tap as like a craft beer, but it would match a lot of the ones that are on the tap, right? Yeah. But you're getting a little like the, the, the hop varieties are a little different, so you're getting those extra notes these, to it. These ones I you don't typically see, uh, which is really cool because uh, um, it gives you a different taste uh, uh, and, and different notes uh, in this beer than you would get on uh, kind of other Pilsners. Uh, and again, this is a, a, a German Pilsner, so... Um, so I'm guessing that might using, be pretty typical right, in those, but right. And I guess an American a, pills is a, different. A pilsner malt, but you're also yeah. getting a little bit of hop in this one. Like a normal like yeah. domestic, you're not getting much hop coming through. This one, you're getting a little bit of that pepperiness and that fruitiness, like we were talking about. Yeah, and little one, little pininess too. From uh, of course, it's you know it's not an IPA, so you're not going to be blown away with pine. Right, right. But uh, what's neat is that, and we we often will uh, allude to this. But if you're not a craft beer drinker yet, but you're kind of looking to branch out, fucking give this thing a go because it's, it's literally the amazing beer to tr to sort of uh, test the water, if you will. Put, you know, dip a toe in. And uh, this is a great one to start with. I agree. And yeah, I mean, it, most of these domestics are technically Pilsners. They're using a Pilsner malt. So you're not going to be like branching that far off, right? You're getting a little yeah. more hop flavor. Uh, we don't have anything to describe on the art, right? Because we got this in a growler today. We're yeah, drinking right out of a growler. They just have their normal uh, hop. It's a hop logo with some like wheat, you know, tails yes. coming out of the side. But so. the but the thing I can tell you is this thing pours really golden. Um, yeah. You know, a little a little bit of haze to it. You're not seeing through completely. But I, that might just be because of how chilled it is. Yeah. But you know what does really look nice is the head on this sucker. Oh, baby. Holy smokes. Look at that head. That's a Cripes. good looking head. Holy cow. I think pours nice. It's eyes and everything. Nice and carbonated. It's just a great beer. Again, Rock County Brewing, Kelzer Pills. Go and check it out. They actually have it on tap right now. Grab a growler if you can. And uh, yeah, John's a great person. I bought a lot of greens from that guy. A lot of our homebrews are from we, these guys. We, right yeah, we, they were a supplier of a lot of the, the raw materials. Yeah, yeah. They, own the far they used to own the farmhouse uh, brew supply, which mm -hmm. we got a lot of our greens from to make our homebrews. Yeah. And uh, John's a great person. Go and stop in and say hi. Uh, get a growler of the Keller Pills and uh, yeah. Enjoy. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? 
All right, folks, you know what that means. How many locos you at? Can I get a Ric Flair woo? Woo! Holy cow. Uh, Yeah, so this one's uh, a special one. Uh, It was sent in actually by one of our listeners. Uh, He is Jace, and uh, this one is uh, more of a... Less of an article and more of a uh, a Facebook like one of the scanner. I can't wait to hear one this. of the Wisconsin County I can't scanner wait to pages. Hear this, honestly, and um, so this one, the original post made by the Lafayette Grant County Wisconsin scanner page, uh, wrote OWI arrest in Lafayette County. Dispatch received several calls of a vehicle stopped in the middle of the road <laughs> near the highway 11 and 23 intersection. Driver was passed out in the vehicle, but in the middle of the road, still in the road. Jeez. Drivable. This guy's blackout. The highway, you know. He's hit the blackout low. Um, Fuck. Later was updated uh, by the uh, by the, the same page. Wrote, at one point, the driver woke up and started driving again. <laughs> Officers caught up to them on Highway 23 and pulled them over uh, kind of again. You know, uh, a third update was then posted. No. Uh, first offense. So First offense, though. I know. That's not bad. Like, See, so- that's the one thing I think that throws this off a little bit. It does. So You're talking so... This is a this male, is a newbie. Right? This is a male. Newbie. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know male, female. We don't it know age. Okay, we don't so there's know not a lot of info here. But what kind of car? This is a new drunk driver here. Yeah, yeah. This is like somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience with alcohol. So you might be on the lower low. You might be on the lower low level here. Yeah, we don't. I was we don't even know. This... Plus, but honestly, yeah. The, the fact that he, could you imagine bobbing your head in the middle of the intersection? <laughs> And then you start driving again. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I'm oh, stopped in the oh. middle of the road. I better Holy get shit, out I'm of here. I'm at 11 and 23. I need to go home. Oh. Oh shit! They're pulling me over. Yeah. Uh, it definitely makes you wonder uh, the tolerance. So, like we just already have, we've questioned now uh, the experience uh, in, as far as boozing. You know, it doesn't seem like this individual is uh, a very uh, tenured drinker, if you will. No, they're newbie. Yeah. For sure. Male, female, so, doesn't matter what you are. You're noob. Yeah. I I sort of have a number. Uh, this is going to be... Uh, this is a shot. This is a shot in the dark. I'm just shooting a shot right here. Yeah, it stinks because a lot of the papers take these up, but this one actually doesn't have an article of follow-up, which is I couldn't crazy. find yeah, an article. Yeah, there, there isn't an article of follow-up. Um, so this is just reported as a DUI in the newspaper... Um, so we don't, we don't have a lot of information here, but we know they're a noob drinker, probably younger. And this um, was back only like July 10th, uh, is when this offense, uh, occurred. So in the morning hours of July 10th, I'm going to say 4th of July, uh, independence day celebrations might have still have been going on, uh, celebrating Merca and stuff. So there was straight up uh, rock Eagles. flag and Eagle, you know, uh, just the normal stuff, stars and bars. Um. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I I have a number. I don't. I don't really know how confident I am with it. But I'm, I'm gonna go with mine too. I think I got it. I, yeah. I mean, this is a new drinker. Now that I'm thinking about it, so I kind of think I have a good number. Do you want to go on three? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, damn. I hope. I hope we're close. To... I hope we're close because this is a new drinker, though. You know. So I, yeah. I'm going a little, maybe lower than the 16 threshold. I really am. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to curb my. Um. 
my my expectations here because I, I I want to say that this person's just blackout hammered. This is a straight twenty for me. But yeah, but to what like, level, you know? Um, all right, on three, sure. we'll just go ahead and, and shout a number, and we'll see where we're at. One, two, three, ten, four. Okay, ten. I was thinking a little. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where to gauge this. I thought, you know? I thought, hey, you know, this person dabbled with the uh, with the old devil's juice here. He had one full can of uh, loco and found themselves uh, just kind of hanging out, you know. So, so you're thinking like that? Do you want to meet somewhere in the middle then? Maybe like. Um... What do you think is six or I seven? I could go maybe? six. We're gonna go six. My so original thought was six. I, this is a I new drinker. This going... might be a teenager, a younger person with a See, that's early license. I was about to say earlier, uh, we don't even know that this person is of age. They usually don't disclose any of that right away. I think this is an underage drinking party. To be honest with that's you, it's kind of where my head was at. You know, out there, graduation and, party, young kids hanging yeah. out, drinking, heading home. So I'm, I'm thinking. You know, I I know I know, we want this one to be a ridiculous off the charts thing. For me, it'd be a twenty. Plus. But I don't know that it is. It's not. It I, I think you're right. It doesn't have the. It doesn't have all of the makings of wild shit. It does, however, have uh, a sort of newbie written on. So, it. what do you think? In six or seven loco? I'm gonna say six. Let's go six loco six. on this. I'll agree with you on this. Yeah. We'll go six loco. All right, today we're here with Grant from Three Sheeps in Sheboygan. Grant, how you doing? Doing well, thanks. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. And uh, so we want to know a little bit about Three Sheeps. Um, how did you guys get your start? Sure. So we um, we had a, a pretty good lucky start. You know, when we opened up nine years ago, we took over an old brew pub that unfortunately for them went out of business. Um, but we were able to get into a t- nice 10-barrel uh, Springfield brew house system uh, in the back of a bar. So, you know, for wow. the first five years, we didn't have our own front of face. We didn't have our own tap room or anything like that. Uh, we were just a packaging brewery and, you know, really got to kind of focus on that and hone those skills. And, you know, at 10 barrels, we were turning a lot of batches a year to kind of hit up our volume. So it was just a great chance to practice and experiment and you know, figure out what kind of brewery we really wanted to be. So, yeah, it couldn't have worked out better. Yeah, that sounds like a, a, pretty, a pretty good start for sure. So we wanted to know too about the names. Uh, the name Three Sheeps is it a Three Sheeps to the Wind, huh? So yeah, little <laughs> nod to Three Sheeps to the Wind. Um, yeah, before before the brewery, um, I was in construction, and especially it was during the recession where you know it was such an angry time for everybody. And, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, whoever shouted loudest usually won the argument. Uh, I had a wrench thrown in my head once oh, uh, by a, a vendor because he was angry. Yeah, it was just a weird time, and when I got out of that industry, yeah, I really just kind of wanted to shake off all that. Uh, uh, all, that whole kind of attitude and environment, and um, you know, we thought naming ourselves Three Sheeps, you know, not a Three Sheeps the Wind, but also, you know, a fluffy, grammatically incorrect animal, is a really <laughs> good way to never really take ourselves too seriously. You know, yeah, we, yeah. like we're, we're serious about the beer, but we still appreciate that this is what we get to do for a living. Right. And um, yeah, it makes coming to work. You know, there are fires. You know, things like you get to do every day, but it's it's still beer, and uh, it's awesome that our whole team kind of shares that same mentality because. You know, back in the day, no one grew up thinking they wanted to be a brewer or you know, work at a brewery on sale, you know, things like that. It just wasn't a career when we were younger, uh, like it is today. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, we all really don't want to fail to have to go back to our previous jobs. Uh, right. So there is, yeah. yeah, exactly. There is no better motivation than to uh, to just not want to go back to that corporate America or, or you know, hard work and labor, you know, stuff. I, I know where you're coming from on the construction. So, I work as an engineer, and if you get a call or have to go to a job site, 
you know that person's angry in the first place, right? So <laughs> you're walking you're, into you're walking a fire. into somebody just screaming at you. So <laughs> exactly <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and you know, again, it's not the entire industry. There are some great. I still have some great friends from it, and that, yeah. But it was just, especially then, it was so stressful. Um, yeah. And yeah, just happy to be making beer instead of. I, I, you know, still manufacturing. I love manufacturing. I can, um, but getting, I can love something people drink. Yeah, I, nice. I love it, and I can get behind it. I, uh, I, I support it a hundred percent. And and we're proud of you, Grant. Yeah, so keep it up. Well, absolutely. <laughs> so well, thank you. So we're gonna ask too. Uh, is there any new beers we need to look out from th- for uh, from Three Sheeps? I know we're huge Three Sheeps consumers, so uh, yeah, I, I just will. wanted to check. Well, you know, chaos pattern. Um, our newest year-round IPA. It's a hazy IPA, um, using you know a lot of fun hops, six and a half percent, and that has just been uh, so well received by people. You know, it's becoming awesome. uh, my, by year end, uh, it'll be our number two behind Fresh Coast, and um, I could see it surpassing that in the future. You know, it's just that, you know, that right flavor. It still has that you know velvety thing you want from a hazy. Yeah. But it's at a um, we were able to figure out how to do it using you know upgrading our centrifuges and different technology and. Uh, different processes over the last year that we're able to do it at a, you know, eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine six pack. So nice. you can still drink a good hazy, um, but it's not a fifteen dollar. You know, there's a I like those as well, yeah. but I can't really drink that fifteen dollar six pack <laughs> or four pack every single night. Yeah, so, I, I yeah, agree. That's true. With that, so. Yeah, and then. Um, yeah. We we were gonna ask uh is so with uh three sheeps we're hoping to make it up there soon hopefully we can come do a little brewery tour with you guys but uh, is there any events that you recommend us go and check out or the listeners check out? Well, uh, you know our we are we're still in the process of figuring out how we want to get tours back up and running and, and going. You know, before COVID we had a really nice tour that landed in this barrel area that was great, um, but we've grown a lot in the last you know year and a half that we had to take over that area with production stuff. So we're just trying to make sure that we still have a great, you know, interesting tour for people to do. So once those are back up and running, I'm excited to, you know, get people back in the brewery and learn about the process. We always try to have our tours be a little bit technical, you know, learn some history, some, you know, funny, embarrassing things that we've been up to, you know, sort of that, you'll get to really know who we are during it. So it'll be nice to be able to reconnect on that level with our, you know, our tour team and a small group. Um, you know, it's just a lot easier than, you know, say at a bar event or at a beer festival or, you know, anything yeah. else It's that, you know, that kind of close to one-on-one that's really nice. Um, and besides that, we're starting to do some outdoor music. Awesome. Um, we have a stage that uh, we're just putting up right now. We have our first show. I imagine this, well, Sunday, so it'll be past. Um, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep those going. And um, yeah, it should be nice. You know, we have a huge outdoor, like 20,000 square feet, I think, grass space. Oh, nice. Patio out there. Uh, we have a tent that the city let us put up for the summer. Uh, so some good shade on those hot days. And it should be a pretty comfortable and fun spot to hang out this summer. Awesome. So, Grant, before we go into the How Wisconsin segment, have you had a chance to surf some of the Boygan waves up there? <laughs> um, I have a couple times. Um, awesome. I, I am a terrible surfer, um, <laughs> but I have some good friends who, yeah, one of my, actually, one of our first uh, team members, Dave, uh, was out there religiously. And when he first joined up, he said, well, do you think that when the waves happen, do you think I can just go? Because uh, he was such a big surfer, and it's such a rare, you know, a treat to get yeah. those, you know, four or five waves out of Sheboygan. Yeah, so yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. For his first couple of years, his surfboard just lived at our brewery, and whenever the waves were there, if we could swing it. Dave was gone. Well, um, Grant, yeah. if it makes you feel any better, I am not a great surfer, but I can longboard right into the the, the beach, and that's about it. So yeah, <laughs> well, and it's so nice too, like Sheboygan with the waves kind of going sideways. You you can walk out and jump in where the waves uh, break. And then ride it all the way to shore. So as far as surfing goes, it's one of the easiest places to go. You don't have to try to get back out there yourself. 
you just have to deal with freezing water. The, yes. Uh, the yeah. temperature, I don't think I could get over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there may be some shrinkage, but it's still decent waves, to be honest. It's chilly. <laughs> it's chilly You're not going to impress anyone, but you can still ride some you might. in the sea. You pull some uh, Kelly It's amazing Slater what moves. those wetsuits do nowadays, yeah. You know what, though? But, you could you could slip a Clemens sausage like we talked about in the last episode mm. in your wetsuit, and you're all right, so... <laughs> But all right, before we let you go, um, we have about eight questions to ask you. Uh, how Wisconsin are you? If you're willing to participate, of course. Let's let's see how this goes. All right. So first one we got for you: Have you ever been to Summerfest? And uh, do you have a memorable band that you saw there? Uh yes, I have been to Summerfest, and oh man, it was it was like a it was a throwback day, where it was all the bands from like my high school and college days. So we just kind of kept bouncing around. It worked out really well. Um, and I'm trying to think now. This was a few years ago. Well, I know uh, one of the newer ones that was there, the Head and the Heart, was a okay. headliner. We oh, yeah, heck yeah. They, they, put, they put on a good show. Um, but then uh, oh, I think A Newfound Glory was playing. Oh, nice. Which nice. Was, one of my favorites. Funky. Yeah, it was great. I mean, pretty much everyone cheered for the old stuff, and they tried some new music that just didn't go over very well. With <laughs> right, yeah, right. With all of us, you know, like over 30s, you know, just remembering the good old days. Right. Um, yeah, Summerfest is great. I'm glad it's back, and um, it'll be fun to see I haven't even seen who they uh, have playing this year, but I'm sure it's going to be a good show. Awesome. So the next one I got, have you ever tailgated at a Brewers, Packers, or a Badgers game? Yes, and I can tell you that if you don't go into the Brewers game by the fourth inning, uh, they tell you you have to leave the parking lot and get (laughs) in. Yeah, it's uh, one of the highlights of a Packer game is the pre-tailgate. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, like, I can never afford tickets to Packers games, but like, I'll I'll go to tailgates once in a while and just – party in the parking lot right i well, mean that's back in the day yeah when you could buy the five dollar bernie bleachers tickets that you know you, they oh were yeah in their yes. moment. yeah yeah you tailgate you just walk around the stadium it's such a cool stadium because you can see well from anywhere um yeah it's a blast and I, I especially love when you bring friends from out of town you know and everyone just you're done grilling and you just leave your grill until after the game <laughs> yeah and everyone's exactly. floored that your grill is still there when you get back after the game yep yeah you know, it's such a it's just wisconsin nice you know that is uh, so this is kind of a weird one. We kind of just came up with this one, but do you have a quick trip rewards card? <laughs> gotta, of course. You have uh, to. I mean, how else yeah. are you going to get that cheap milk, you know? Oh, right. The, yeah, the milk, yeah. the bananas, if like you're, yeah, the steak. If, if, you're, yeah. if you're not a rewards uh, card holder, you're just leaving money on the table. <laughs> and I got to say, I have, so I have yet to try the steaks. I see those advertised all the time, and I just have trouble pulling the trigger on that. I'll get anything else yeah, there. I agree. They're actually not that bad. Surprising. You have had them? Okay. They're surprising they're not as bad as I thought they were going to be. For the okay. price, though, they're they're pretty decent. Yeah, hey, right. I see the steaks, but uh, I'm always uh, lured in by their double cheeseburgers. The, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the Angus mushroom Angus mm-hmm. burger. Holy smokes. That one oh, gets any me kind. And they're always, they're always sampling, and they always get me. Oh, yeah. Little, oh, yeah. I quarter slice of pizza, and yeah, I'm coming in for a whole pizza. Yep. Yeah. They hooked me. So this is always one of my anticipated questions, and I can't wait to hear. For beer brats, is there a beer you recommend from Three Sheeps to try? I mean, you don't want to waste a good beer, right? But a little bit to put in your boil? Correct. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of Rebel Kent, our Amber Ale. Perfect. You know, the, Ambers, the Pils, yeah. yeah, the Pils is nice, but it's a little light. Rebel Kent has, well, it uses the Belgian yeast, so it's a little sweeter, but also there's that rye spice. And I think that spice does translate through uh, on a good boil, so... Um, yeah, I think if you're going to use light beer, whether you use pills or, you know, a macro light, you're not going to tell much of a difference, but I think the Amber does it. I've tried Cashmere Hammer, you know, Nitro Stout, and that's just, um, not great for my taste. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. But yeah, the, I think an Amber is a great one to go with. Perfect. 
And then we won't keep it too much longer. We got one more for you today. Sure. Um, other than Three Sheeps, is there another brewery, brewery tour that you recommend our listeners go and check out? And it doesn't have to be in the area. It can be even in, an, in another state, another country, whatever. Sure. Uh, well, I can tell you the one that, um, of course, Lakefront, I'm sure everyone says that. Their tours are amazing. Oh, but uh, for me, yeah. the the big one for me was Schlafly, um down in St. Louis. Okay. okay. Uh, it was one I went on about 12 years ago. And it was a really cool technical tour. They walked you through everything. You kind of got a feel of the culture and everything about it. And that was actually the tour that I decided, hey, maybe I should start a brewery. This looks pretty awesome. Um, you know, their beers are great. They have so much more there than we can get in Wisconsin. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's just a nice one. So there you go. Absolutely. Awesome, Grant. Thank you so much for your time on this Sunday. Um, I know Sundays are kind of sacred, and uh, we really appreciate the 10 minutes you gave us. And uh, we can't wait to make our way up there and actually come and say hey and uh, drop yeah. some koozies off and maybe have yeah, a beer or two. Good. Yeah, please do. Let me know when you guys get down here. I'd love to uh, grab a pint. Sounds All good, right. Grant. You Sounds take it great. easy. Have a good All rest right. of your Sunday. Yeah, yeah, you too. Yeah. All right, bye. 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 All right, we have another review we wanted to just kind of give a little shout-out to the person who gave us this five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we love these things, right? I yeah. mean, they're huge for us. Helps the algorithms that be. Absolutely. So this one uh, is from Georgia Girl in a Wisco World, uh, titled Wisconsin Proud. Uh, she writes, I have been in Wisconsin only a year and a half, but it's podcasts like this that make me feel proud for living here. I have gotten to know so much about Wisconsin's history, its culture, and its craft brewing and music scene from Russ and Eric. They do their research really well and always find ways to surprise us with Wisconsin historical facts. I especially enjoy the how many locos you at segment, <laughs> and it's hilarious to hear all of the shenanigans of fellow Wisconsinites. Uh, the music section and the brew reviews are also very informative, and I always learn something new. Highly recommend this podcast for all new and old Wisconsin residents and Wisco curious people. Alike. I'm Wisco curious, baby. I do some stuff on the side. Uh, some, I'm, <laughs> I'm Wisco and Frisco, baby. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, thank you so much. Honestly, that's huge. I mean, the five star review is just massive, and uh, I I love reviews like that. Right? I mean, yeah. My ego is kind of going up right now. I think I need to drink up more beers and shut it yeah, down. Here, I have to. So. I have to put my hat on a different notch. My head's getting so big. But yeah, again, uh, for the the you know the few minutes that you spend on uh, this five star review on Apple Podcasts, it does so much for us uh, that uh, it, it's hard to really put a value on it. It, it is something that you know if everyone listening to this at this moment could jump on and uh and rate like subscribe review and all that stuff on on all of the platforms regardless if you listen yeah yeah uh, go to youtube subscribe to us even if you don't listen there uh hey, it and, would really help and the ones that give us bad reviews like I, I i'm okay with it like i i i, I know eric is too like we just want to know what we could do to make the podcast better like that's the whole thing about the reviews yeah. right you can't just put one star and bail right put one star and say why you hate us right yeah. i mean we just want to know for our own sake to make why the show you hate better. me hey uh Tommy, hey, I'm crying over here. But no, it's it is what it is, you know. And like, you can just tell us like 
what what are we doing that could make the podcast better? Or yeah. why do you why do, what what offended you that would make you do that? If right? you just you think know? if you just think there were a bunch of drunk bozos, you should write that. That's cool. Yeah, you guys actually, are a bunch of drunk dicks. That's a term of endearment. For we me. don't we don't really like you. You're a bunch of drunk yeah. dicks. But that's just it. Like that's the whole thing is like we want this podcast to be like all inclusive for all Wisconsin residents to come in, listen, learn something about Wisconsin, have a couple beers, learn. You know, maybe we can support some of the local businesses around here. That's that's all we're trying to do, right? Yeah. And you know, whatever, it, one or two stars, you do what you want. Yeah. But thank you so much for that five star review, Georgia girl. We yeah. love it. Thank you. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home. home.